I am a health coach, and lots of people ask me, what does that mean? What is a health coach? And they think of it as like a nutritionist or a therapist or, or something close to that. And um, I, though there's elements of both, health coaching is just a little bit different. Um, it's helping people move past blockages that are keeping them from the health that they're really looking for. And I have a particular angle of health that is working more with uh, um, subconscious, unconscious beliefs that are keeping us from the health that we're really wanting. And so people who are dealing with things like um, emotional eating or food cravings or they know what to do but they're just not able to actually do it or implement it, uh, that's part of what I do and that's part of what I'm going to share with you guys tonight. So this is a 35-ish minute presentation and if y'all have any questions, because I'm going to cover a lot of content, so if y'all have any questions, just feel free to um, you know, just keep those in your mind, and then we'll, um, I'll answer any questions you guys have at the end. So um, we'll just dive in here. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned this already. So I am assuming if you're here, you probably know the importance of healthy food. You probably have the lists, the dietary lists of you know what are good foods and bad foods and the importance of exercise and maybe in aware of alternative therapies. So we're gonna take this a little bit of a, a layer deeper today. And um, you know, there's so many nutritional um, modalities out there. You know, you have paleo, you have vegan, you have all of these different ones. And when I was in nutrition school, I studied over 100 different dietary theories. And there's lots of them out there and it can just feel incredibly overwhelming. And it's hard to know who's right or who has the answer. And um, it can just be um, an overload on an emotional level. And so part of my job here is to really help you cut through what is really important for your unique body, uh, what it is that you're needing. So um, I'm going to share with you tonight the underlying reasons why you're not doing what you know to do for your health and you feel trapped in that constant cycle of trying and feeling like you failed, if this is you. Um, you struggle with your relationship with food. I mentioned that before. Emotional eating, food cravings that won't go away. Or you dread exercise, or you just feel like, um, I don't, I, I know I should exercise, but every time I try to, I just, I kind of fall off the wagon. Or you sabotage yourself just when you're getting results. So the thing is that um, people really beat themselves up for doing this, and they just keep trying. They stay on that hamster wheel of just like trying and, and feeling like they're the problem. And what I really want you to know is that you're not the problem. And it's not that you just don't have enough willpower, or that you're not enough, or you're just not cut out for being a healthy person. There are very legitimate blockages, these are what I call blockages, to really experiencing the health that you're looking for. So um, a little bit about me and how I got into this. Um, I have been uh, interested in health and really living a vibrant life for as long as I can remember. And uh, my parents, who are actually here, um, were kind of um, they they are they were the they were ahead of the game in a lot of ways on a, a nutritional level. And they were always health seekers, so from the time I was born, they were into raw foods and gardening and supplements, alternative therapy, so I did grow up with this. But then I discovered that I had my own blockages to really doing what I knew to do for my health. And I started working for a naturopathic doctor uh, here in town, 
and um, he's fantastic. And my clients have come in, and, and again, they had the lists, they had the um, the knowledge of what to do, but they would just come in and be like, Anna, I, I know what to do, I just can't do it. So it really lit the fire in me to just really crack the code of what's going on that's blocking people from doing what they know to do for their health. And um, and what's what's making them sabotage themselves, what's making them emotionally eat. What's, and what's a way that we can help people move past um, this just constant striving, like this challenge, and make it a little bit easier? So that was the, the code that I was really trying to crack. And so I began to really look into what are these blockages, what are these underlying things that are keeping us from that vibrant level of health. And uh, so what I found was really amazing and really fun. I'm going to share with you um, about that tonight. So we're going to start by uh, giving you kind of um, a, a way of looking at your body, uh, your, the whole system that we call our bodies. And I want you to think of it as like a geode. And as you can see here, this is just a picture of a geode. And you know, a geode is a rock formation that on the outside it looks like just a normal rock. But there are layers all the way in. And there are different layers of you. So you have, I mean, people, most people know, okay, I've got my body, I've got my mind, I've got my emotions, you know, um, depending on your spiritual orientation, I have my spirit. Whatever that is, you have these layers inside of you. So during this talk tonight, think of yourself as be, having those layers. And we're going to kind of uh, dissect each layer so you can kind of understand this whole um, mindset. So um, the layer, the outside layer, is your body. And I'm going to talk much about the body because if you have, um, you know, if you've done your, your work, you know, okay, most, most of the things that we do when we're talking about the body, we're thinking about changing our diet to include healthier foods, maybe supplementation, exercise, all those great things for the physical body. So that's just the first layer. And that's not really the layer that I'm gonna spend a lot of time on because there's a lot of people who spend a ton of time on this. They're fantastic. We're gonna take it a few layers deeper. So the next layer is your conscious mind. And your conscious mind is your rationalizing thinking mind. So this is the part of you that decides, I'm gonna go on this diet, or I'm gonna take these supplements, or I'm gonna run a 5K, whatever it is. This is a part of your mind that makes those decisions. That's that next layer in, your conscious mind. And um, this part of your mind is also the, the part that we, we put a lot of emphasis on. Uh, we think, okay, so long as I know to do it, I should be able to do it. Yes, some of you guys are looking at me like that. Okay, so this is, uh, this is so typical. Like, um, you know, we think, uh, let's just say, for example, we go to lunch with a friend and they're doing the paleo diet and it's great, it's awesome, it's working, and our conscious mind says, I should do that and I'm going to go get the food for it right now, I'm going to get the list, I'm ready to start. And then what happens if we don't realize what's going on, we, we put so much emphasis on our, on our conscious mind that we don't realize there's a whole other layer. Okay, I'm going to skip through this. This is still conscious mind, analyzing, rationalizing, thinking mind. Um, and, and a quick side note here with the conscious mind is it's estimated the conscious mind only possesses 5 to 15% the power of your mind. So it's not a whole lot. It doesn't have a whole lot of power. I mean, it's powerful to some degree. You know, it's your mind. It's cool. But only 5 to 15% the power of your mind. So the, the real power 
when it comes to your mind is the subconscious mind. This is the part of your mind that um, if you don't know how to work with it, it can sabotage you, it can help you, because it has an incredible amount of power. So the subconscious mind is that third layer. We're going to spend most of our time tonight talking about what's going on in the subconscious mind. And um, think of the subconscious mind. I'm going to give you a couple of, of examples here. Think of the subconscious mind kind of like a rider and an elephant. The, the conscious mind is like the rider, and the subconscious mind is like the elephant. And so if the rider and the elephant are in agreement about which direction to head, you know, let's say they want to go north, you know, it's the world's a happy place. But if, let's say that the, the rider thinks that we should go north and the elephant thinks we should go south, you know, guess who's going to win? The elephant's going to win. The elephant is the subconscious mind. That's the one that's large and in charge of what actually happens when it comes to your diet and your exercise and the decisions that you make for your health. So um, the elephant isn't bad. You just have to know how to work with it, not against it. So um, the subconscious mind is like the elephant, possessing about 80 to 95% the power of your mind. It's, it's really kind of in charge of a lot of things. So another comparison here, it's estimated your conscious mind processes about 40 bits of information per second. Your subconscious mind processes 40 million bits per second. So your subconscious mind, even just take this moment right now, your, your conscious mind is thinking about what's going on here, but your subconscious mind is taking in the, uh, the feeling of the room, the, the way the lights are hitting you, the, the, everything that you, is, um, you know, happened in the past is processing so many things. It's processing, taking care of processing your food right now. It's taking care of your heart beating, your breathing, all the things that we're not consciously aware of. Your subconscious mind is doing all of that. It's processing all of that all the time. There's an incredible amount of power. And it's just something that we don't really talk about when people talk about health. They don't really talk about the subconscious mind and how powerful it is. Um, and it's very powerful for transformation. And it can either be our friend or our enemy, in a sense. You can also think of the subconscious mind like an iceberg. So subconscious mind is this part beneath the surface. The conscious mind is the part above the surface. And the conscious mind, you know, we, we, that's the part we normally think of, that we see. The subconscious mind is this massive amount of information, all the stuff going on beneath the surface. All right, so um, I mentioned this before. Besides involuntary functions of the body, such as heart beating and breathing and circulation and, and all those things happening that you're, we're not even aware of, the subconscious mind is large and in charge of three main things. Emotions and memories and self-beliefs. <coughs> and we're going to talk about these because these are the things that block us when it comes to... Um, making the decisions for our health that we're really wanting to make. And we might not think that they're really important, but as I started to really delve deeper into this work, I started to realize, this is where the magic is. Not just knowing, okay, I should do this diet, I should eat these foods, but knowing that these emotions, memories, and self-beliefs are a huge part, huge, huge part of our ability to actually change. All right, so the... Um, your subconscious mind is the strongest, meaning it's absorbing so much of what's going on from the time that you're born until you're about five years old. So if you're 
if your environment was very uh, warm and loving, or maybe you, you know, you had a very healthy environment, or people were um, very focused on very life-generating type of mindsets, then you know you absorbed all that, and that's great. If, on the other hand, from zero to five-ish, um, you're you you're around you know, maybe very negative people, or you had. Um, trauma or abuse or something in your life, or there was a lot of certain types of foods that you know you're really used to, like my grandmother always made me pancakes and, and different things like that. Your subconscious mind is picking up all of that and storing it because it's essentially a sponge. That's all it is. Whenever you're a child, it's just sponging. It's just gathering all this information. The conscious mind isn't really even. Um, it's not even really developed at that time. Your subconscious mind is what's really developed, and it's just absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. So um, it's just really important to note that as you're going along and, and kind of trying to understand why we have certain self-beliefs, emotions, and memories. It's because it's, we're absorbing so much. And those emotions, memories, and self-beliefs literally get stored in the cells of our bodies. So and the subconscious mind isn't what you would think of as like up here, like just your mind. It's actually throughout your entire body. So literally what's going on in the subconscious mind will show up on our bodies at some point in life. So many of the, the beliefs that people have about themselves, and I'm not talking beliefs as in um, like belief systems, I'm talking about beliefs as in self-beliefs. Like I believe that I'm worthy or worthless or um, people are really critical about certain um, parts of their body, and um, the criticalness eventually will kind of show up sometimes. So I can give you a lot of examples, but I'm not gonna um, spend too long here. But literally, emotions, memory, self-beliefs, these things from our subconscious mind get stored inside of our bodies, and we see them physically manifest themselves at a later stage in life. Typically, they'll pop up and be like, oh. So the good news is that we can use the body as a clue to find out what's going on with these subconscious beliefs and memories, and we can clear them out. So there's hope. All right, so um, knowing how to work with your subconscious mind can make a massive difference in your health. And where I see most people get stuck is they have the list, they've got all the diets that they want to do, but they, they remain working in that body layer and they never really work with a conscious or subconscious mind, and then they judge and berate themselves for getting stuck in that lesser level of health. And they just stay on the hamster wheel of like, I'm trying, I'm trying, and I'm feeling like I'm failing, and beat themselves up. And if you just know that there's a way to work with the subconscious mind to clear this stuff, then it's just really exciting, really powerful, and you can, once you work with some of this stuff, you never have to do it again. It's not like I gotta keep going back and doing the same thing. I've had so many clients who are like, I used to deal with like fear and anxiety around foods and I just don't deal with it anymore. It's just not even there. So it's pretty exciting. All right, so we talked about these three layers, body, conscious mind, subconscious mind. And in all of these layers, we have what I call blockages. And these are the things that are blocking us from the health that we really desire. And um, so we've got body blockages, which are you know, toxic foods and substances. And if you've been on the health journey for very long, you're probably aware of the level of toxicity that we have in, in standard American diet and, and foods and you know, these substances that, you know, foods that aren't really foods and substances that are just like really toxic for our human body. So those are the blockages in the body layer. 
So almost think of it as like sludge, you know, on this layer. And then we have blockages in the conscious mind. And those blockages that kind of act like sludge in that layer are the toxic thoughts and that incessant mental, mental chatter that is like critical, like, oh, you should have, you should have uh, exercised today, and oh, you look so fat when you look in the mirror. You know, all of those toxic thoughts that are actually wreaking havoc on our bodies, literally. So those are the conscious mind blockages. And then in the subconscious mind, we have these toxic emotions and these unprocessed memories and false self-beliefs. And those, um, those three things lodge themselves in the subconscious mind. And they, they create these barriers that really keep us from being able to, to, to be the, the true, like vibrant, healthy self that we really want to be. So um, today, we're, I'm going to pack a little bit more about the subconscious mind blockages. And I'm going to take you through what I, at this point, believe to be like the top four. And you might resonate with some of them. You might not with some of them. But the subconscious mind blockages are emotions and self-beliefs that create this invisible wall to the health that you want to achieve. So just imagine as if you're, um, you're trying to walk forward and you're trying to move forward in your health and you just walk forward and bam, you just get like, you run into that invisible wall. And um, those are the real powerful ones is those subconscious mind blockages. So um, it's, there's a specific set of beliefs and emotions stored in your subconscious mind. So blockage number one, I call it your secret inner set point. And you might be familiar with like weight set points, like someone can't, they, they can't move past a certain weight because their body has decided there's a set point. So this is a secret inner set point that has more to do with emotions and memories. And this is a fear of making others feel bad. So what this means is, um, this is, like a, this is like an invisible glass ceiling. This blockage keeps us from really aiming higher with our health. Like, let's say the standard in your family is everyone eats these foods, and we all, you know, we all eat the, uh, the pizza or whatever, and we hang out together, and we, we want to eat these foods. And, and there's this like standard that you're kind of trying to hold. And some people's standard is up here, and some people's standard is down here. But whatever it is, there's this fear that if I go above the standard, I'm going to make these people feel bad. And it's a really strong blockage because we have this deep need as human beings to feel very connected to each other. And often we connect through food. So someone was mentioning earlier today about, you know, they have like waffle day. And, um, and that's part of how we like connect with other people. So if, if we've got this fear of making someone else feel bad, that would be a very strong subconscious blockage. So there's a couple of reasons why this one's really powerful. Um, one would be, you know, there's someone close in your life that's struggling with their health, and you don't want them to feel bad if you get better and they don't. So again, you've got that connection thing going on. Like, uh, there's someone in my life that I love, and they're really close, and if I feel better and they don't, then I, you know, I'll lose the connection with them. Or, um, you know, I've mentioned this already, you feel bad at a social event or family gathering, and they serve something you've chosen not to eat, and you don't want to offend whoever is serving you. Or the fear of maybe being perceived as too proud or snobbish. And you can see how powerful that could be as a subconscious blockage to moving forward. So that's number one. Blockage number two is what I call the hidden downside. And, you know, you never really imagine that there would be a downside to achieving the health that you want. But this is a really interesting story. I, was, I, was, um, I had a client that I was working with. 
And uh, I asked her at one point, um, if you could imagine that there would be like a downside to actually getting better, what would that be? And she thought about it for a minute and she said, so interesting because I know exactly what that is. Um, Every time I don't feel well, my husband comes and, and sits on the couch with me and he rubs my feet and we watch a happy movie. So it's a very like happy, connected feeling. And so there was a fear in her of if I give up feeling bad, then I don't have that happy connection with my husband. So that's kind of an example of the hidden downside that she was not conscious of. It wasn't in her conscious mind, but it was in her subconscious mind. And um, so this is all around, I'll talk a little more about it, it's all around what I fear I might lose if this issue is no longer here. So in her case, the issue was, um, you know, I might lose this, this happy time with my husband, you know, or this feeling of being loved and taken care of because I'm not feeling well, you know? So um, it can also be uh, like a shared connection with someone, like friends who go out and hang out together and they're always talking about their issues because they have an issue in common and then they fear like, oh, if I, if I don't have this issue, we're not going to have this thing in common anymore and maybe we won't, we won't be able to be friends, you know? And um, uh, the other thing that comes up a lot is, is a long-held identity, meaning I don't know who I would be without this issue. Like, what would I look like? What would I be like? It's kind of scary. And, and in a sense, it feels maybe empowering to think, wow, maybe I could feel really good or lose this extra weight or you know, be, be done with like headaches and chronic you know, uh, fatigue or whatever it is. But there is this subconscious, like, I don't know who I would be if I didn't have this issue. It's an identity thing. So that, that can be a really powerful one. So that's blockage number two. Blockage number three is what I call what happened last time. And another story I have with this is um, a client that I had who had uh, done a lot of good things for his health. He had lost some weight. He had really been working on you know, his diet, exercise. He had lost you know, a great amount of weight. And um, then right as he finished the, um, the, the diet he was on, right around that time, um, he and his wife split up. And um, he... We were, we were working through this in a session, and, and, um, and he realized, like, oh, I have subconsciously like, connected my, my uh, success with this diet that I was doing and this splitting up, even though the two were not linked at all. That's kind of the power of the subconscious mind is it can link things like that. Like, oh, I get better, and then I split up. And, of course, at that point... He, he um, started emotionally eating because he needed that comfort and that connection, and so the weight just piles back on. So then there can be like a major fear of failure, like, oh, if I actually try that again, the subconscious mind is like, no, don't try that again. If you do that, you're gonna fail. You know, last time you failed, right? So um, it's just a memory or an event in the time in the past that you succeeded at your health or weight loss, and then something bad happened. So, um, for many women, this is one that I think is really important that lots of people don't talk about, but there's a fear of looking attractive. So if you're going to be taken advantage of, or so to the subconscious mind, it's way safer, if you think about it, to stay unattractive and unhealthy to avoid the possibility of that happening again. 
So that can be another like memory or emotion that really literally gets stuck in our bodies, even though that was the past, that was then, and this is now. It can happen. Um, or you had some health success, like this guy, but found himself going right back to old habits again, you know, the fear of failing again. So these, these can be um, the number three, block is number three, what happened last time. It's a specific memory or event that happened when you had success. The blockage number four, and I'm going through these pretty quickly, uh, but I, I, I can imagine sometimes it takes a little time to just absorb like all that. It's a lot. So um, if, you know, if at the end of this you, you feel like you'd like to listen to it again, I'll send you the recording. Just let me know. So now, blockage number four is what I call not safe to shine. And what this one's around is a deeply rooted belief that it is not safe to be ourselves in the world. And I would say this is probably the number one mindset, kind of a broad scope, like a, an umbrella mindset that keeps us from moving forward and creating the health that we desire. And um, it's, it's usually around your personality, your unique gifts, and what makes you, you. And remember how I said that the subconscious mind absorbs so much when you're young? So, you know, imagine if you had parents that were so excited about your personality and who you are and they were really trying to help you be that person in the world, likely you wouldn't struggle with this. But if, on the other hand, you had maybe parents that were critical or um, they, they were not comfortable with your personality or what you were interested in in life or, and you felt, you know, whether it's actually true or not, you felt like or you believed that it wasn't safe to be yourself in the world. It can cause you to just shut the whole thing down. And what happens when we start to work on our health, on our physical health, is some of this stuff can rise up. And if we don't know what to do with it, it's just like, ooh, shut it back down. Okay? So um, th this is an interesting dichotomy because sometimes when it comes to our unique selves and the, the not really being able to be ourselves in the world, on one hand, we're afraid that we're not enough like not enough to really be ourselves in the world and express our gifts and, and, and um, yeah, just really be who we are. But on the other hand, we're afraid that we're too much for others. And if we're really being our shining, most vibrant self, that that's not going to be okay. So it can be an interesting, like, give and take, a push-pull, okay? So it causes this inner tension, this, like, what I call a stress response. How many people here are familiar with the stress response? Um, stress response, relaxation response, yes, no? Okay, I'll explain it here in a second. Um, so, so those are the four blockages. And are you beginning to see how powerfully these subconscious beliefs and emotions could affect your ability to move forward? Just they're, they're so incredibly powerful. And when you remember that your um, subconscious mind is 80 to 95% of your mind, you can see where this would be a glass wall that you're trying to push past and you can't figure out how to push past it. So it's really important to know that when it comes to health and body, your body is a responder, not only to what you eat and drink, so not just to your diet, but also to your thoughts and your emotions and your self-beliefs. So it's going to respond, like I talked about, to your thoughts, to your emotions. It's going to eventually like manifest. All right, so these, um, we're talking about the stress response and how that plays in. These ongoing chronic emotions and self-beliefs 
put our bodies in a state of stress response. And another way of saying this is a sympathetic nervous system response. And all it is is um, you, you might recognize this when you think about like um, uh, going and doing something that you're you know, really afraid of. Even thinking about going and doing it, you'll feel this little rise of almost like a panic or a little anxiety or a lot of panic or a lot of anxiety. That's a stress response. And often the stress response is very strong, um, you know, with people who haven't really been able to navigate through these, through these emotions or they weren't really trained to. We, we really haven't been given tools to know how to navigate all that underlying stuff or what to do with it. And um, so, you know, emotional eating and, um, you know, food cravings and all of that, even, even exercise, wanting to exercise, all of this is because it, it's a blockage because a stress response goes, you know, like up in our faces and we feel like, ooh, I'm not going to go there, and I back out. Because your body is wired for survival. It's not wired, um, it, I mean, it's, it's totally wired for, to, for health, but if your body's in a state of stress response, it's thinking, oh my gosh, you know, i got to survive. And we're, we're kind of, our, our bodies are just wired that way. And I won't get into the details about that, but um, there's a lot of people who talk about the stress response, and um, that's a, a very strong physiological response that starts in our brains and moves into our bodies. Like if you had a, a wreck or something, and you know, you had that like, you know, that feeling of, you know, fear and panic and all that sort of stuff, it can stay with you for a while, right? It's a stress response. And uh, like animals, I'll just mention this too, animals, um, you know, they have stress responses, like when they're running from a tiger or whatever it is, but they don't hold on to the stress response like humans do. Humans hold on to it, and then our beliefs are created from that response. So what happens when you're in a stress response is this is the way your body's actually responding to that fear, that anxiety, that tension or pressure. Literally what happens is because it's, it's trying to like survive and it's trying to like keep you um, safe, it, your digestion shuts down because all of the, the blood moves away from your organs and into arms and legs for like quick thinking, quick, I mean, quick running, quick, you know, get away, right? So your digestion shuts down. Your absorption of all those nutrients, even the healthiest foods, that gets hijacked. And all the blood moves away from the organs where it's needed for optimal digestion and, you know, and goes into the arms and legs. So your body is really not interested in healing in the stress response, it's interested in survival. And most of us live in a chronic state of stress response in some way or another. You know, we're worried about our finances, or we're worried about our bodies, or we're worried about our loved ones, and we're chronically in this stress response because we don't really know how to navigate through those emotions. And so we're not healing. We're, you know, we're trying to, the body's trying to survive. So it's just good to know what the stress response is. And we'll talk about how to work with it. The opposite of stress response is called the relaxation response. And it's a parasympathetic nervous system response. Um, you don't have to worry about all those big words. It just means when your body is in relaxation response, it's interested in healing. So I like to say, you know, your body can rest and digest. It can assimilate and eliminate, meaning it can take all those great nutrients and you take the ones you want and then you know, shove the rest out. And you can, you can feel, actually feel your life, and you can heal. Rest and digest, assimilate and eliminate, 
feel and heal. That's what happens in the relaxation response. So we want to get our bodies into a state of relaxation response as often as possible because that's where your body heals. So how do we get the body into a state of relaxation response? How do we work with these subconscious blockages that are keeping our bodies in a state of stress all the time? And so I'm going to talk to you about a modality that I use, and there are many of them, but this one is a very powerful, very simple tool called EFT tapping. Has anyone heard of that? Is it new? It's a new one. And it's just now kind of hitting Lubbock. It's been a little bit more popular, a little more widespread across America. And people are using EFT tapping for so many things. If you're familiar with Dr. Mercola, he's talked about it for years and years and years, and people are finally kind of picking up on, on EFT tapping. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, otherwise known as tapping. So you'll hear me talk about it um, in, you know, I'll refer to it both ways. So I'm going to just talk to you for a minute about how it works. Um, EFT tapping works with the meridian system of the body. And the meridians are simply, um, well, I'll, I'll keep it real simple. They're basically like um, a, a system that keeps the, the life force of your body flowing. It's almost like a communication system, like phone lines. Like your brain telling your stomach, do this. There's like a communication system. You know, digest this food. Or your brain telling your body, you know, run because someone's after you, whatever. It's a communication system, right? It all starts in your brain. And there's a part of your brain um, called the limbic system. It's the emotional center of the brain. And if anyone has seen the movie Inside Out, it's a new Pixar movie, if you guys have seen that, it's a great example of the, the limbic system. They basically have all of these emotions that they put inside a person's head, and you see it from the inside of their head, and then the, the forehead is like a, a big um, movie screen, and you see what's happening, and then there's all these emotions that are like, turning on like the fear lever, or turning it off. That's your limbic system. And the limbic system's in charge of sending out those hormones of like cortisol, and adrenaline into your body, you know, maybe when you get a check in the mail and you don't really know what to do, or when you're, you know, eating everything in the fridge and you can't figure out why, and, you know, all that. So that's, you know, that's that stress response, and that's the limbic system sending all that out. So what EFT tapping does is it helps communicate with your limbic system to turn, the, turn, to, to turn off the lever of fear or anxiety or stress all of those different things. So by simply tapping on these certain meridian points, we have meridian points all over our bodies, but by simply tapping on those meridian points, we're sending like a phone line, a signal to our, our limbic system. Shut that thing down, I don't need it anymore. Maybe I needed that stress response when I was running from the tiger, but I don't need it now. So um, there's the, the tapping, the, let me just mention this, the tapping comes from um, Chinese acupuncture, if you're familiar with Chinese acupuncture, but it's without the needles, so that's good news. So you don't have to use needles, by simply using your fingertips, you're just tapping on these points. And there's these points on your face and neck area, and by just simply tapping on the points, while you're feeling an emotion, you're telling that limbic system, that emotional center of your brain, it's time to calm down. So people can sometimes tap a very short amount of time and feel this incredible wash of just like of a release and a sense of calm and peace. So you can imagine how much that would help if you're dealing with emotional eating, 
or if you're dealing with food cravings, or if you're dealing with a resistance to exercise, or you're dealing with just stress and anxiety, you're not even sure where it's coming from. What this is doing is it's sending a signal to your limbic system, shut it down, calm it down, it's okay to live in peace. It's okay to live in that relaxation response so that you can you know, rest and digest, assimilate and eliminate, feel and heal, and actually have the health that you're looking for. So that's a really short version of what EFT tapping is. And again, it's just one of the modalities that I use, but it's a big one because it physiologically works with your body on a physical level. It's working with your mind. And um, it clears these emotions and beliefs that become these blockages to our physical health. So it takes your body from stress response. I mentioned this before, but it takes your body from a stress response to a relaxation response. It rewires your brain to perceive situations differently. So before, you might like go into a social situation and feel like a lot of anxiety, attention. And if you do some EFT tapping before you go into that situation, your brain is going to perceive that whole social situation way differently because it's, it's in a state of relaxation rather than a state of stress. And, and the more you do it, it creates these new pathways in the brain that are what I call truth-based. They're, they're rooted in truth rather than like stuck in the past. With these old beliefs or ideas that we have our, about ourselves when we were young and, or old experiences that we got stuck in. So if you can use the FT tapping for a bunch of things. It helps clear things like traumas and phobias. Um, people who have like big fears of spiders, you know, you can do tapping with that. Um, chronic physical pain, stress and anxiety, lots of other physical and emotional issues. Um, but the specialties that I have, uh, that I use it for, and I can use it for anything, but my specialties and what I've been trained in is specifically in um, how it relates to emotional eating, food cravings, self-sabotage, you know, self-sabotage meaning when you're making really good progress and then you start to have some success and then you sabotage yourself and you can't figure out why. You, um, you just start like throwing in the towel. I work with resistance to exercise and then just limiting beliefs and blockages, things that are keeping you from really having that next level of health. So it, it's important to remember that um, how, our, our beliefs are so, so, so important. There's these deeper subconscious beliefs and you're gonna eat according to who you believe yourself to be. So if you believe yourself to be worthy and valuable and um, you know, worthy of healing, it's going to happen, but if at a deeper level you don't feel that way, you don't have you don't have that belief, you're going to find yourself eating at that level. You're going to find yourself not taking care of yourself because you have that deeper subconscious belief. I, I like the scripture that says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind," and um, that's um, there's we don't take into account that our minds need as just just as much transformation as our bodies need. And if we knew how to work with our minds. You know, we can see powerful results because our minds have so much power to inform our bodies. It's, it's, really, the, that, it's really the power right there. So we're going to kind of close this out here, but I wanted to talk about one more layer that I would say is probably the most important layer because when it really comes down to it, you're not your body. You know, we identify who we are with our bodies. We're not our minds, conscious or subconscious. We are this deeper um, 
powerful, vibrant human being. And we, we do have a lot of beliefs and blockages and things that are keeping us from being able to live in what I call our, our truest self. And it's really good to imagine, like, who would I be if I didn't identify myself with my blockages? I identify myself with what I see when I look in the mirror, or what someone told me when I was six years old, or what my conscious mind is telling me. I'm identifying who I am with that. And that's why I call the work that I do identity-based nutrition, because when you really get in touch with who you really are, and you clear these blockages, you are absolutely unstoppable. So again, we clear blockages in the body layer, the conscious mind layer, and the subconscious mind layer, so that this true self is almost like a light that's in the inside of you, and it just gets to shine out. It just doesn't have any layers or any blockages that are keeping it from the, the vibrancy that that's in you. Because great news is your body knows how to heal itself. It's just having to fight all the blockages and all the layers. When we clear those, your body just, it knows what to do. It can clear it all out of there. I really believe that health is 100% your birthright. We were not designed to live with the amount of dis-ease and pain. And it is common to have all of this pain and this, this disease, and I call it dis-ease, um, it's, but it's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. And normal is um, living with like vibrant health, not really having to worry about waking up in the morning with uh, you know, feeling sluggish or having headaches throughout the day. I, I can't tell you the amount of people I talk to that think that that's just part of life and you gotta just deal with it. And I'm like, no, you do not have to just deal with it. You, when you clear these blockages, your body knows how to heal itself, and you can live in an entirely new normal. So um, I agree. I mean, I, I really firmly believe as well that you don't really have to settle for anything less, and that's my passion. That's the work that I do um, to help you really experience that level of health. So there's two ways that I work as a health coach. I'm just going to give you a little short um a synopsis of what I do. One way is just one-on-one -on -one coaching, and the other way is, um, is uh, these groups that I do, both remotely, meaning so long as you have a phone and an internet connection, you can do it. So even if you don't live in the Lubbock area, you can do these, um, these groups. And we work with those specific blockages that I talked about earlier, the emotional eating, the food cravings, the resistance to exercise, all those different things. I have specific EFT tapping scripts and, and protocols and things to actually help clear those blockages so that you can move forward. And um, so there's, there's both uh, remote groups, like I mentioned, and in-person groups. And there's a couple of different levels. So those programs are called Identity-Based Nutrition, and there's a level one and a level two. Uh, the good news is level one is about to launch, and I'm really excited about it. It's very straightforward because I know this is a ton of information. It can feel really overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on here. I'm just like learning how to work with my health, you know? But it's, it's set up in such a way that isn't overwhelming. That's very um, structured and um, gives you just a few things to do. So you only have to focus on a few things, not a ton of stuff to you know, unload a, a ton of detox, you know, detoxing a ton of uh, foods and emotions and beliefs and all that sort of stuff. Um, Okay, I think I 
talked about all that. So um, one of the things you can do if you're interested, I'm going to go back to the one-on-one sessions. If you're interested in the one-on-one sessions, you can go to identitybasednutrition.com and I have business cards here. You can take those with you. And if you put in your name and email address, you're going to receive two free gifts. One is kind of a synopsis of what I talked about today. It's about a 30-minute presentation. So you can kind of absorb a little bit more and wrap your mind around a little bit more. And the other one is a discounted session, intro session with me. So usually intro sessions are $60, you'll get it for $30. So it's a discounted intro session. And, um, and that way we can kind of get a feel for if this is something that's a good fit for you right now. And um, so those are the two free gifts you get if you set up an intro session. Um, I talked about the identity-based nutrition group programs. So those are the two ways that um, you can get started on this process of um, really clearing out these blockages. And um, don't be surprised if even after you hear this presentation, you know you feel a little bit overwhelmed, or you feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. Again, that's a subconscious mind blockage, kind of trying to overwhelm you, keeping you from moving forward. But if you know that, you know, things like the EFT tapping, it's so crazy simple. You're not having to go back and do therapy, years of therapy, and like try to uncover all these different beliefs. You literally just, you know, like feel that emotion and you tap through these points. And it's really quite simple. And it's very, very effective. I've had so many people who have recovered or who have healed from, you know, addictions or like lots of people come in and they say, I'm addicted to Sprite or I'm addicted to Dr. Pepper. And we do some tapping on it. And that thing's just gone. They don't even want it. Like one person said to me, um, after we had worked on this this um, Dr. Pepper addiction thing that they had, what they called it, because they wanted, they needed one every single day. And after we worked on it, they were like, they took a sip of it and they're like, oh my gosh, it tastes so gross to me. This tastes like sludge. So this is the power of working with the mind when you're trying to, to move forward. <laughs>